This call is being recorded. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at thepewterplank.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the Peter Plank, at Yarko underscore bucks, and at DH82 underscore bucks. And ladies and gentlemen, the time has arrived. Our progressive mock draft has now reached the point where we are picking for our beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and who else better to bring on for this what we believe to be a lively debate uh, than the senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com, friend of the show, our buddy Scott Smith. Scott, how you doing? I'm good, but I think who else better? Uh, Jason Light, that would be better. Uh, well, did you get him on? Right? I don't know. He probably wouldn't tell us very much. <laughs> no, he didn't. I mean, he did his. He did his. Uh, the annual GM. Every team does it. The annual GM week before the draft press conference, an exercise in saying nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Right. You, know? <laughs> you what? What's that old song that you say it all, or you say it best when you say nothing at all? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's kind, Scott- of, fun. It's kind of fun. It's it's kind of funny to 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 listen to him trying to, you know, and, and they'll ask him, don't you guys do misinformation at this point? And of course everybody does misinformation at this point, but a guy's not going to sit up there and say, yeah, we put out misinformation, you know? Right. Yeah. I heard, uh, I heard somebody talking, I think it was Rick Stroud, uh, on, on his podcast talking about how Sean Payton has been poo-pooing on all of the yeah. quarterbacks of this class when the saints yeah. obviously need to address quarterbacks. So he's hoping to get one to fall. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it's, he, he, he did the same thing in that press conference. I was just talking about, he asked the question and, and put that in there, but it'd be pretty difficult for Sean Payton's words to make one of the quarterbacks fall from the top six to where the saints picking like 25. I don't think it's going to happen just because Sean Payton says these aren't good quarterbacks. Right. Right. Well, yeah. And it's, it's that season. We are, we're a week away. I mean, this time, seven days from now, we're going to know who the Buccaneers have. Um, and it's, it's that season where I believe nothing and trust no one. If it's on social media, I, I just, at this point, I don't believe it. Yeah. So Scott, we're going to go ahead and kick this off the way we have with, with the other six guests that we've had who, who cover the teams um, that we brought them on for. What are your thoughts on on the Buccaneers offseason up to this point? You know, the key additions, the key losses kind of as a whole, there was some panic there among Buccaneers fans for a while when you know all these players were getting scooped up in the legal tampering period or the uh the legal negotiating period, whatever you want to call it. There were these trades being made by the Los Angeles Rams and every other NFL team uh who were sending the Rams players. But the the Bucks bring in Bo Allen and Jason Pierre-Paul and, and Mitch Unrein for the defense. They get Ryan Jensen kind of as, as a whole. How do you view the Buccaneers offseason thus far? And Vinnie Curry. And Vinnie Curry, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I found very interesting when uh, Jason Light talked to the press was him talking about how yeah, at times you had to be patient and you had to realize, I'm trying to make this work. And if I do this other thing, maybe that thing will work. And can I be patient enough and wait for that to happen? And I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm reading between the lines, but I'm thinking he's talking about things like the Robert Quinn deal, 
right? Robert Quinn, the Rams wanted to trade Robert Quinn. He ended up going to Miami. Were the Bucks in on that? There's reports that the Bucks were in on that, and it didn't happen. And and maybe he was holding out on the idea that he had this option of Jason Pierre-Paul, which he had talked to the, the uh, Dave Gettleman. He talked to him at the combine. So the the discussions had begun, and there was a possibility the Bucks were going to get JPP. So he's seeing other deals happen, and maybe having discussions, but knowing you can't have it all. You know, you can't. You only have so many assets to trade for players, and you can't necessarily get them all. So. Does he go all in on Robert Quinn, or does he wait and hope he can finish off the JPP deal? And I think that's what happened. And and I think it's a pretty good JPP, Vinnie Curry. You know, when when the Eagles traded for Michael Bennett, there was pretty widespread speculation they might have to release one of their defensive linemen for cap reasons. And you know, that's what you have guys in your in your staff for. Your your pro personnel guys, that's what they do. They evaluate all of these and they keep their eyes on these situations and they think maybe somebody's going to come available here. And when he does, you're ready. And I think it just kind of worked out. Right? Yeah, I mean, oh. uh, that's that's exactly what we've been echoing all offseason, Scott, even in the beginning when, you know, some fans and, and we understand, I mean, there's this there's this itch to, to – uh, to finally reach the level of success from the hype that was built up last year. But, you know, like you said, I mean, you can't, you can't shoot your shot all at once because at the end of the day, there's a whole lot of, of there's a whole lot of personnel that go into making this thing a success. And there's a lot of depth and, and all that we, James and I, at least uh, among other people, of course, were, were definitely looking at the bigger picture. And, and I think it was important. And I think now that fans have seen everything that's transpired and the pieces that have come in and the players that Jason Light has gone out and added to the Buccaneers. I think there's a little bit of calm, right, uh, in, in the waters there a little bit. But definitely, uh, definitely, I think we're definitely on the same page with how the offseason went and, and you know, pretty fairly satisfied going into the draft. And talking about the draft, Scott, looking at the pieces that are already here, the pieces that have that have come in, and even looking at some of the, the departures, you know, what, where do you think, how do you think the draft strategy needs to sit right now for the Buccaneers? Well, I think you have to remember you're picking at number seven, which is high, and you can't you can't get overly tied into need. Now, the last time the Bucks were at number seven, when we took Mike Evans, we clearly needed a wide receiver, but it was like the most ridiculous wide receiver draft in years, so it wasn't an issue. You didn't have to force it. And I think this year you have to actually – I, I talked to a scout at the work, and I won't name him, but and and he's not the guy making. I'm not saying he's the guy making the the draft decisions, but he says to me because I, I threw out a couple names to him. Um, would we be satisfied with this guy? You know, uh, if that if this is what the mock drafts are saying, or should I be happy about that? He's like, he wasn't necessarily saying anything bad about that particularly. He's just saying you got to remember you can't force need, especially that high in the draft. I mean, you, you can't take a guy that's significantly lower on your board in a certain position just because it's that position. And so that's why I think, that's why I think, and it's, it has nothing, I don't have any inside information from Jason Light or anybody, but I think it, those, what the, you would call those big three guys, Saquon Barkley and and uh, Quentin Nelson and Bradley Chubb, the non-quarterback big three, 
their value is so high that it kind of supersedes positional needs. And in some cases, it sits up with positional needs. And so, you know, I think it all comes down to how many quarterbacks go in the first six picks and and whether the Bucs end up drafting one of those guys or when that's not a possibility, then you maybe hone in a little bit more on needs, such as in the secondary. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, the last time we had you on, we kind of got into this discussion and we talked about, you know, the, the combination of, of Nelson and a, a second round running back to us was better than Barkley and a second round offensive yeah. lineman. Of course, this was all pre, um, free agency, but it was about the position scarcity rather than, you know, it, it was everything as a whole, but, but you're right. There are those positions of need now that you'll know, line up with the big three that potentially could be available. Now, does that mean if the big three are gone and then you have three quarterbacks gone now, the bucks are at seven, are they reaching for a need? You know, like they desperately need a running back. Are they going to reach for one of those guys? at seven no. to, to me, it, it makes the most sense that if those big three are gone and that means there's only three quarterbacks off the board, somebody's looking to move up to seven. Yes. You, right. you could have Miami, right. you could have Arizona, Buffalo. One of those, one of those teams are going to want to move up to try to get that quarterback, which only helps the Buccaneers out. Of course, getting to move back, they lost the third round pick for Jason Pierre Paul, so they can recoup something there yeah, and, right. and they can take, a position of need at a, a safer spot. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think I've made this point before on one of our live shows on Buccaneers.com that you're kind of in a good situation. You can look at it as you're kind of in a good situation, whether or not there's a good quarterback run. If there's a big quarterback run and four go in the top six, then you're guaranteed of getting one of those top three. If there's not, then you're sitting there at seven and maybe three of them are gone and a team like Arizona or Buffalo that potentially crazy for a quarterback wants to trade up. Then you're in the, the catbird seat in terms of the trading position. And if you feel like maybe you want a defensive back and you feel pretty good about three or four of them, you can trade back to 12 or 15 and get one of them. You're in good shape. The only thing I would caution there is as another scout said to me, you don't, you're not sitting there in the draft room with a big button in front of you that says trade down. You can just hit the mm-hmm. trade down button and you trade down. You got to find a partner and it doesn't always happen. Right. Yeah. That, that's something that the Buccaneers, I, I think they're in a position to be in a good spot, whether or not there's a quarterback run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, Scott. I think I don't, I don't want to say it's a no lose situation because you know, the, the, the players are drafted and how they pan out don't always coincide together, obviously, but, well, I mean, true. like like yeah. you just said, I mean, either one of the three big three is available or there's players available because those big three got taken ahead of the Bucks that are going to entice a trade partner to to jump down to seven. So and, you know, obviously there's there's no button. This isn't Madden. You can't just say, hey, I want to trade. And the computer produces, you know, 13, 14 trades for you to choose from. But if that's the case, if the, if, if Barkley, Chubb and, and Nelson are all gone at pick seven, then there's. There's plenty of talent there on the board to get a trade partner, you know, to dance and, and hopefully give give the Buccaneers a a good uh, a good haul yeah. of, of draft capital. So yeah, yeah I think I'd it's like a very to see that happen. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm team I trade back all the way. Uh, yeah, that's... well, are you team trade back if 
four quarterbacks go in the top six, though? So, uh, <laughs> so I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Your so, podcast. so we're going to get right into our draft pick discussion, right? So I am <laughs> okay. Quentin Nelson. Like Quentin Nelson is my top guy uh, at, at number seven. That's, that's my, if my preferred guy at number seven, but honestly, the more I look at who's available in the mid to late first round in the second round and in the third round, the third round is a big part of my, where my opinion has gone because of losing that draft pick. I would rather the Buccaneers trade back no matter who's on the board at seven. Mm. Um, and I know that's probably a minority opinion, but because yeah. there's, you can get pass rushing talent, you can get offensive line talent and running back talent, secondary talent. And if you can trade back and get, you know, two, two number ones or even a one, a second round and another two or a three, you know, whatever package they can get, they, they're not going to get necessarily one of those tier one guys, but they're going to get a really good haul of tier two and, and borderline tier three guys. And I just, I like the way that fills out the roster a little bit better in the, you know, some of the playing around that I've done. Hmm. Well, that <clears throat> that'll lead us right into what we're going to do here for the Buccaneers pick, because I am, you know, as I as I said a little bit ago, I am more of the mindset that if Nelson is there, I would prefer to go Nelson and then maybe try to get a, you know, with that first pick in the in the second round, get a running back, a, a Sony Michelle, a Nick Chubb. Uh, Kelly from Tennessee, Rashad Penny, one of those guys. I think Geis will be gone. I think there's a possibility Michelle might be gone as well. Obviously, Saquon Barkley will be long gone. But it's the combination of the two. But we're approaching this from the stance of what we believe the Buccaneers will do. And in my opinion, in this given situation, with Quentin Nelson and Saquon Barkley on the board, the Buccaneers are better off right now at offensive line than they are at running back. And when you have someone who is viewed personally, not by me, but is viewed by so many as this massive generational talent, I hate that term, but it's the term that keeps getting thrown around in Saquon Barkley. I feel that the need and the talent line up, like you were mentioning, Scott, that Saquon Barkley would indeed be the Buccaneers pick if it were to play out this way. So are, are we doing this pick now? Yeah, oh, I, I, think, I think we're discussing it before we officially come to a, a decision yeah, as to, as to who we're picking. Okay, I didn't know if you were going to explain how we got to this point. Oh, it, uh, well, yeah, I mean, a, a, a recap for, for those that may have missed the other shows is you know, we had Sam Darnold to the Browns at one, Josh Allen um, to the Giants at two, Rosen went to the Jets at three, the surprise pick and Harold Landry to the uh, the Browns at four, Baker Mayfield to the Broncos at five, and then Bradley Chubb to the Colts at six, leaves the Bucks with the option of, of Quentin Nelson yeah. and Saquon Barkley. So I didn't check out the link why was Harold Landry the fourth pick um the reasoning there actually he kind of throw it's kind of throwing a wrench in this whole thing because you guys really (laughs) think this is how it's going to play out and we're trying to predict who the Bucks are going to pick and Uh, throwing a guy that isn't in the top six in any mock draft you've ever seen into the top six kind of changes everything his argument actually laid it out really really well that Landry's strengths actually address 
a weakness on the Browns far better than Chubb actually does. And I can't remember everything that that he had said. David, you might be able to help out a little bit better. Um, but the arguments that he made for Landry's pass, pass rushing abilities as an individual rather than what Bradley Chubb did on a defensive line where all four of these players are going to go to the NFL uh, lining up with wow. the some of the issues that the Browns had, that it seems to make a lot of sense for Landry to be the guy rather than Bradley Chubb. Interesting. Yeah, okay. basically, I mean, what it boiled down to was, you know, in his opinion and from, you know, I, he didn't cite any sources specifically or anything either, but just from who he's talked to and and what he's seen with with Miles Garrett and Emmanuel Ogba on that defensive line, the Browns, essentially it's, it's a theory of drafting more for need. Obviously, you're getting talent. Harold Landry's still a talented player, maybe not a top five or six player, but he's still a talented player. So you're getting talent, but you're also – gearing your talent towards need and getting a guy who what he called is, is a more is a better pure pass rusher than Bradley Chubb where where Chubb is obviously an effective pass rusher but is 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 less so I guess that pass rush specialist in his eyes than than uh than Chubb is necessarily and and yeah I've seen some questions like that before I've looked at some other Brown stuff and you know if the Browns take Chubb, then what happens to Ogba? Because is he is he strong enough and, and tough enough to play inside and to shift inside? And at the same time, is he athletic enough and instinctual enough to move to being a stand up uh, player? You know, at, at outside linebacker position. So that, that kind of puts Ogba's future in Cleveland in a little bit of question. So it, it definitely yeah. made sense the logic he went to. If I'm being honest, I don't think that's how it's going to go. But his his argument had some uh, logic to it. Well, I mean. It, I assume you guys are not allowing trades in this process because if you were no. Cleveland sitting at number four and you wanted to take Carol Landry, you would obviously be listening to everybody that called you yeah. right. that maybe wanted to get Baker Mayfield or yeah. or Bradley Chubb, for God's sakes, and, and, or Saquon Barkley. You'd be yep. listening to every, every offer you could listen to. I mean, you would uh, you'd trade down to eight or nine or 12 or something, I would take. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but we're going and, with this. This is our landscape. Well, and let's let's not forget to take into account the fact that it's the Browns and they do some crazy things on draft day. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Good point. So, uh, so we have a, a, arrived at this place where the Buccaneers, picking at seven, can take either Quentin Nelson or Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. or they can take a defensive back like every mock draft in the world says. Yeah, pretty much. That's where we are. Okay. <laughs> I think the defensive backs in this given situation uh, have all been thrown out the window without question. <laughs> so are we doing this now? Are we, are we deciding who we're picking? Am I, are you asking me who I would pick? Yeah. We'll, not, we'll, are we there yet? Yeah, we'll kick it over to you. Kind of what are, what are your thoughts on, on this given situation and, and okay. kind of – Put yourself in in Jason Light's uh, shoes and what you believe he would do in this situation. Okay, well, apparently from your what you said before, I don't. I honestly, I I, I apologize, but I don't remember that I said previously that we'd be better off taking Nelson here and a running back in the second round. That actually, that was that was what I said. Oh, that's what you said. Okay, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. It really does, and and I don't think you can go wrong with that. But uh, and and you've already revealed your opinions on Barkley, whether he's a generational talent or not. 
I got to go Barkley here. I just, it, it hits the need so on the nose. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how you can pass that up. I, I, I love Quentin Nelson. I love Quentin Nelson. I, I don't think we're going to get Quentin Nelson. I think he's going to be off the board, and I'm going to be upset about it, and I would be thrilled if we drafted Quentin Nelson. But if you're telling me I got we're at pick seven and both of those guys are still on the board, I, I got to take Barkley. I just – it just – it so perfectly hits the need. Right. And, and, I mean, I just watched a clip of him today. I'm sure you guys have seen it, that one where he, he um, kind of – he does a little out from the backfield and it's a bad throw and he catches it with one hand and then he hesitates and sets up the defense and it's like he's shot out of a cannon. I oh, mean, my yeah. God. You guys remember that clip? I mean, my God, he, it's something we don't have. I mean, I love Peyton Barber, but he's not going to do that. No. You know? And a running back can step right in and make a big difference. He would play every down from game one on and make such a difference to this offense. We don't have a guy, anything like that. And and I love Quentin Nelson. I mean, if you could put Quentin Nelson, Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet, it might be one of the most dominant interior lines in the entire NFL, and that would be awesome. And I hope that happens, barring this other scenario. But it's already pretty good with Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet, and I don't know who's going to play right guard, whether it be Jarrett Sweezer, Caleb Benedict, or whatever. But you add a, a talent like that, you transform your offense. And it's already good. The offense is already good. It, it just taking it to another level. I don't know. i got to go Barkley. Yeah, and David, before you jump in here, I, I want to throw this out there. I, I agree with, with you 100% that if this is the, the situation, it, it would have to be Barkley. And, and I look at it from the same perspective that I look at the debate that David and I have had numerous times as to whether or not the Browns should take a quarterback number one. And you look at the past, <clears throat> excuse me, the past few years when the Browns have essentially allowed other teams to dictate what quarterback right. – they are taking if the Buccaneers yeah. are in a situation where they finally get to dictate what running back they get rather than you know looking at a guy but he goes a few picks ahead and they couldn't make a move or, or you know instead of waiting until day three like they were forced to do last season they're going to set the tone in that fashion because they're not going to Man. allow other teams to decide how they're going to transform their offense via whatever running back they take that's a great freaking point. That is a great point. I hadn't thought about it in that regard because you're. I, I've always been saying you can get a good running back at number thirty-eight, and the Bucks have had a good history of picking second-round running backs, high second-round running backs. Uh, but you don't know which one it's going to be. Right. You don't know if it's going to be Sonny Michelle or or Bradley Chubb, not Bradley Chubb, Nick Chubb, right? Yeah. Um, Ronald Jones, you don't know which one you're going to get, and you're you're right, man. You're letting other teams dictate it, and and some of these guys are a better fit than other ones. I think the Bucks need a guy that can catch passes. Definitely, I definitely you agree know? with you there, Scott. And and everything you're saying makes a whole lot of sense. And and James has made that point to me several times as I continue <laughs> to maintain that the Cleveland Browns should not draft a quarterback number one overall. And I hate when he makes that point. Because just like you said, it makes total sense, and there's really no arguing against it. But I, I still don't like it because it goes against what I think. And uh, 
I tend to agree with me. So that's why I hate <laughs> when James makes that point that's to me. good that you agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, somebody's got to like me, right? So my wife loves it when I agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so getting on to who I think the Buccaneers will pick, right? And again, that's kind of been the focus of the whole thing is not who we would necessarily take. So this is not, you know, who I would take, you know, playing Madden. This is who I think the Buccaneers will take just looking at the landscape of everything and what's going on. And I look at a guy like Quentin Nelson. I just, I cannot shake the, the idea of Quentin Nelson and, and Jensen and Marpet making up what I think will become by midseason, if that were to happen, the best interior line in the National Football League, not just the NFC South, but in the National Football League. And that in itself can improve your run game. That in itself can improve your passing game. And I think Jaquiz Rogers still has some gas left in the tank, you know, and, and there are some guys in the second round that are that are going to be able to catch balls out of the backfield like Sony Michelle and and some of those other guys. And and I know James is real high on Michelle as well. So I think, you know, he would be perfectly fine getting uh, getting Michelle there in the second round if he were to fall in the second round. But again, like you said, James, and like you like you agree with Scott, you can't you have no guarantees of that. And it's kind of like going to like a, like a buffet luncheon and eyeballing the perfect hoagie on the table. And you're like, man, I want that hoagie, but you're sitting at table 35 and there's 34 tables sitting in front of you that got, they're going to go up there and get their food first. You don't know if you're going to get that, get that thing that you want. And because of that, the, the pick's got to be Saquon Barkley as much as I don't, I don't want it to be Saquon Barkley, not because of him, but because of how much I believe in Quentin Nelson, it's got to be Saquon Barkley because the guy can run, the guy can catch, uh, and he does he immediately makes as much of an impact, possibly more, to be honest with you. If he if he pans out to be what the the masses believe he is going to be, he actually could potentially make a bigger impact than having the best interior line in the National Football League, just specifically on the Buccaneers roster. Uh, because if these if these linebackers and 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 safeties that are, you know, bailing on, on pass coverages and watching tight ends and everything have to account for a running back like they haven't had to do in Tampa for the last two, maybe three years. Uh, that's a that's a game changer. And that makes that gives more room for Deshaun Jackson. That gives more space for Mike Evans. That gives the slot guys more room to work. The tight ends more room to work. And it gives Jameis Winston another set of hands to exploit, depending on what the defense does and gives him more opportunities to, to as everybody likes to say, take what the defense is giving you. So it's it's got to be Saquon Barkley because I'm not egotistical enough to believe that I'm right and everybody else is wrong. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I, I don't know if I've been. Yeah, go ahead, Scott. I don't know if I've been to a buffet before that had already made hoagies on it. So in my profession, we do a lot of like, uh, what is it, potluck meals, right? So it's like everybody brings stuff and sandwiches are easy. So that's what we lean on. <laughs> sandwiches, all right. Okay. I'm thinking like a restaurant, you know. Oh like yeah. A, you know, I don't think I've been to a buffet hoagie restaurant. <laughs> Sounds good though. So we might need to discuss this further. We could be looking at a uh, business venture here, gentlemen. <laughs> it's, it's the first time anybody's thought of this. <laughs> We're gonna edit this entire I, portion I, out so nobody you, steals our idea. <laughs> I, I think you can't go wrong though, right? I mean, in the situation that in this draft that you got with Nelson and Barkley, I mean, it's 1A and 1B. You you mm-hmm. can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong. Because honestly, the scenario of taking Barkley, I'm sorry, Nelson, and then a running back in the second round is pretty great too. I mean, I just, 
I don't think it's going to be this way. I don't think we're going to have the choice of Nelson and Barkley, but if we did, I don't think it would go wrong. Yeah, and, and I would feel a whole lot more comfortable taking Nelson in this situation if the Bucks still had that third-round pick and Jason Light could yeah. make a move that we know he loves to make moves right. to move back up to get that to make sure he gets that other running back that he wanted. But That's without so that without that trade chip, it's it's just so tough and it's just so risky. I've been trying to tell everybody that when everybody I keep getting questions on our shows about trade up, trade down. I'm like, you know, trading that third round pick for JPP was awesome. I love it, but it just it completely eliminated your draft flexibility. I mean, yeah. that's the pick right there. If you were going to move from 38 to 32 or 31 or 30, you're using that pick to do it. And we don't have mm-hmm. that pick now. So, Unless they're giving you know, up I, a, a 2019 second yes, or something. Yes, exactly. Right. Which I think is reasonable. I think I wouldn't be upset with that. And, you know, if you think you're on the cusp, maybe you make a move like that. I like the move. It's the exact same thing we did for Doug Martin in 2012, and I know that Doug Martin had a star-crossed career, but he had several extremely good seasons for the Buccaneers, and they made the move from a, just about the exact same spot, 38 to 31, something like that. And and the nice thing about moving up into the second into the first round is you have that fifth-round option. Right. You know, the, if you pick a guy 30 seconds, you have the fifth run option on, I mean, fifth year option, I should say, fifth year mm-hmm. option. If you pick in thirty third, you don't. So that's a that's a tangible asset, a tangible value to picking a guy thirty second or thirty first instead of thirty eighth. So I, I like the idea, but I think you're right. Without that third round pick, it's really hard to do. All right, well, gentlemen, I believe we've reached the consensus to where in the Locked on Bucks progressive mock draft at number seven, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Penn State running back Saquon Barkley. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the fans are divided as they are on everything else. I'm excited. I'm I, I, I could a, get as excited. a writer for the Buccaneers. That's a, that's a, there's a lot of fun to write there. Oh yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, I mean I'm the happiest guy in the world if we take Saquon Barkley. A big thank you once again to Scott Smith of Buccaneers.com for joining us for our progressive mock draft pick for the Buccaneers. Our conversation with Scott actually ran pretty long, so I am going to be splitting it into two episodes, and we are going to bring you a bonus episode on Saturday to finish our discussion with Scott. We had a lot of fun chatting it up with him. We talk a little bit about the Buccaneers schedule and then we kind of go off onto some fun little tangents here and there. So it's not entirely Bucks related, but it is a fun listen and uh and we had quite a few laughs. But until then, please be sure that you're following everything that we're doing over at the peterplank.com as we continue our draft profile series featuring one prospect every day up until the NFL draft. And make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at the Peter Plank, at JYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Please make sure you are sending in those draft questions, thoughts, ideas, predictions, anything that you like. We are going to do a full Buccaneers draft mailbag episode on draft day eve. It will drop next Wednesday, and we want to make sure that we address all of you who have questions, thoughts, ideas, 
on the NFL Draft. Hope you all have a wonderful, safe, and enjoyable Friday. And until then, thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. <laughs>